It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Washington Commanders quarterback Sam Howell threw some interceptions during the OTA and minicamp periods. There's no question about that. The question is, should you be worried about it? I'm going to give you the answer to that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. And don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue the conversation over on subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders, where you can go one on one with me because I'm your host, David Harrison, D Harrison 82 on Twitter credential member of the media and Washington Commanders beat reporter for Commander Country Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Commanders here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss HBO's Hard Knocks series and the possibility of the Washington Commanders landing on the popular program. We'll talk about roster construction as we look ahead to training camp, but we're going to start it off with a conversation about the quarterback and we're specifically talking about quarterback Sam Howell and his interceptions during the OTA and mini camp portions of the offseason program and this question honestly is coming to us from a lot of people there's people on Twitter I've gotten emails about it subtexters are asking about it YouTube commenters are asking about it I've run into commanders fans in and around where I live and I get and I go on a daily basis who have asked about it the story with Sam Howell's interceptions and and i'm probably gonna have to split this next answer uh, or this answer into the next segment as well uh, honestly and and every conversation about this is kind of a different of a tone right but really the overall theme here is do you need to be worried about the interceptions that sam howell is throwing and i'm just right up front and tell you no but i'm going to tell you why the answer is no that is a multi-layered answer and for starters by my count, during the minicamp in the 11-on-11 session, Sam Howell threw two interceptions. Now, there was one interception by Emmanuel Forbes that we highlighted uh, in in a post-practice episode of the show last week. But if you remember that episode or that interception I was talking about every day, you'll remember, I also told you the play was basically dead, right? Like, he kind of scrambled out of the pocket, ran uh, away from from the pass rush, and basically everybody was jogging. The play was about over. He just decided to kind of fling the ball out there. Now, Emmanuel Forbes made a really amazing play on what that was and for what that was, but officially the rep was over. It would have gone down as a scramble uh, out of bounds, right? So from the passes that I charted in the 11 on 11s, and I'll tell you why I'm highlighting the 11 on 11s here in a minute, he went 28 for 40, which is 70% with one touchdown and two interceptions. Now, that's a 2% touchdown rate and a 5% interception rate, and those are good because right now, that 2% touchdown rate should actually start going up a little bit as he gets more comfortable in the offense. And I'm not necessarily even talking about during training camp specifically, but just as the season wears on and the more comfortable, the more experience he gets, that touchdown percentage could 
maybe even should go up a little bit. And that 5% interception rate should come down a little bit, the more comfortable and the smarter it gets. Again, 2% touchdown rate is, is, is not terrible to start with at this point in time during the season. I'm going to tell you why. For starters, this defense has been looking really good, right? And the intelligence that they're showing in their zone coverages, how they respond to what the offense is doing has been very, very solid, very impressive from, honestly, from, from a guy except for Cam Curl, who's standing outside the team drills because he wants his new contract. At least that's why we think he's standing outside the team drills. No shade, just saying. He's the only one that's really not on the field uh, doing that right now. But believe me, when he gets on the field, this defense is only going to get uh, better. So that's a big reason why some of these interceptions are happening or some of these deflections are happening. Now, some people have commented he's throwing so many interceptions because this defense is so good and will be so good. And while I can't tell you right now that they will be that good or how good they're going to be, they have been very good so far. So that is a fair assessment that this defense is just very good. But also remember, this offense isn't planning game planning for the defense, right? The opposite of this is true as well. The defense isn't game planning against the offense. They're not going in and Jack Del Rio is not pulling up Eric B enemy tape and saying, look, here's what we expect them to do at practice tomorrow. No, they're working on their own concepts, their own individual ideas of what they're going to do as a unit. But the advantage here in this sense kind of goes to the defense because when you're running you know, zone coverage or whatever it is you're running, you're really just working on communication, when to pass off, when not to pass off, when you're looking against this, when you're looking against that. So it doesn't matter as much what your opponent is doing, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. But on the offense, you're not game planning for your defense. So you don't have any tendencies to anticipate. You don't have any habits to really look for. But you also have to actually read and react to what they're doing. So for the offense, if for quarterback Sam Howell specifically, he's much more in read and react mode than the defense is, uh, if that makes sense. So if everybody's doing their job on the defense, there should be no openings anyway. But if everybody's doing their job on the offense, Sam Howell still has to know where his guys are going and then try to read the defense without actually knowing what their tendencies are as far as where they're going to be. So that's where this lack of game planning kind of hurts Howell right now in this position from, again, my perception, right? So not game planning means that when Howell is taking, or any quarterback for that matter, Jake Fromm, Jacoby Brissett, doesn't really matter. When he's taking 11 on 11 snaps, there's no anticipation involved, no knowledge of what, say, Percy Butler might do when threatened with a mesh concept or that sort of thing. So really, it's just I know what my routes are going to be. I've just got to see what these defenders are going to do in real time. That takes you from a less anticipatory position and do a much more reactionary position that's harder to throw against, at least uh, from where I stand. Finally, if we're only talking about two interceptions in the first mandatory minicamp, why are people saying that Sam Howell is throwing a lot of interceptions in the first place? Why is this perception out there that there are, are a good amount of interceptions? Well, because most of those are coming in seven on sevens. Now, I don't chart all the sevens on sevens, but I do make some notes of some plays. And I will tell you that on Thursday alone, Howell threw two interceptions, one to Percy Butler uh, when Marcus Kemp stopped on his route and uh, Sam Howell threw like he expected him to keep running. And the other was on a back corner end throw uh, that fell short of the receiver. I think it was Jahan Dotson. Uh, ended up getting intercepted by Troy Apke, which I know a lot of you found very, very humorous. Why am I not charting sevens? Not that they're not important. They're certainly important. But frankly, it's not a period that I feel like we should be taking too much away from from an analysis standpoint anyway. Because again, every day, as you're going to remember what we talked about regarding OTAs and all that in the first place, this is really the time of year that you want to take the good in stride and say, okay, if he's doing this stuff right now, then what else could he be doing right in the future, right? And the bad, really, you just need to say with a grain of salt, it's okay, that's a lesson learned. And what I can tell you when I've been telling you is, when Sam Howell makes a mistake or throws an interception or what have you, rarely, if ever, I actually don't really remember a situation 
where he's done it again. Not mean he hasn't thrown an interception, but when he throws that back right corner uh, route to a receiver and leaves it short, the next time he throws that route, he doesn't leave it short. You know what I mean? And I will tell you again, last time or last year, this time, there were several instances already where we said again from a quarterback. I'm not going to say which one. Just going to say there were times where we said again, like we're doing this again. We have not done that yet with Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett or really even Jake Fromm for, for that matter. So some very smart work uh, by the quarterback. So basically the idea here is to contextualize everything that we're talking about. And that is why someone like me is not panicking about the number of interceptions Sam Howell is throwing because right now we're in one of the phases of three phases of training. Those phases, as far as I learned them, are the crawl phase, the walk phase, and the run phase. That's the next part of my answer on why I'm not worried about the Sam Howell interceptions. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about some roster breakdown shell uh, theories here coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to talk about that thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. By the time you're watching or listening to this episode, the NBA Finals may already be over or on their way to being over. You know that I... This hand right here. I'm a Nuggets fan, so I'm hoping that the NBA Finals are over because that means my Denver Nuggets will have won their first NBA championship in franchise history. So obviously the first one that I've witnessed as a fan of the team. And for me, I'm going to also cash in on some bets that I've got going on at FanDuel because FanDuel is the perfect place during the NBA playoffs to make your bets. And new customers, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 with your first bet in bonus bets back if that first bet doesn't win. And it doesn't matter if the NBA Finals are over. There's still going to be plenty of opportunities at FanDuel because you can also bet Major League Baseball action, including inning-by-inning odds for hits in a single inning, a lot of innings, in a single baseball game. And there's always new deals popping up for current players as well. So whether you're new, whether you're current, no matter how you're playing, there's no better place to bet on all the action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today and get that no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the National Football League. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. All right, guys. Carrying on here on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Want to make want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen today and every day. And of course, I want to thank our everydayers who will be back with us tomorrow. And I thought we were going to have practice notes for you, but on Monday, uh, it was announced that Coach Rivera and his staff decided to cancel their final OTA practice. They're going to do meetings. They're going to do classroom stuff. So, so they're still going to be working, but we are not invited. We will not be there. So I will not have notes for you. We will have to come up with something else to talk about. I may just do another mailbag episode on it. So we got a lot of good questions from Commander's fans. Of course, if you want to send in future questions for future episodes, mailbag episodes, drop them in the YouTube comments, email them to lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or hit me on subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked on commanders. Now let's finish up this conversation about why I'm not worried and why I don't think you should be worried about Sam Howell's interceptions in the OTA 
and uh, mini camp phases of the offseason program. So again, we just left off contextualizing this thing, right? Talking about the three phases of training. We're talking about crawl, walk, and run phases. Crawling, that's your meetings. That's your walkthroughs, things like that. You're learning the mental picture. You're learning the whys. You're learning about what's going to happen on a given play concept or scenario. Is much more of a mental uh, thing, right? The, the walk phase, the second phase comes in when you kind of mimic the adversary uh, to test the theories and how they work when they're done correctly. And this phase, to me, there's kind of some sub phases, right? There's a walkthrough where you're at a slow place, a slow pace, and players are trained on how to operate each each play step by step. This guy goes here. This guy goes here. Here's the timing. Here's all this stuff. And depending on depending on the staff, sometimes the defending players are kind of told, okay, hey, this look, you're gonna be you're the safety. You know, you're probably a running back, but you're playing the safety. You're gonna crash down while this corner rises up. I want to see what the quarterback does. And boom, let's see if the quarterback makes the right decision. Then the next sub phase of the walk phase, you bring in live opponents. You bring your defense in. They don't know your scheme. They don't know what you've been working on. They don't know what your key is, what you're reading. And you go in there against unadulterated defenses, unaltered defenses. And that is more of the walk phase. That's kind of your seven on sevens, right? And then there's the run phase or what I like to call the war game phase. And this is where you put in your 11 on 11s. You got 11 defenders, 11 offensive players. Let's put it all together and go see we can get those are your war games. That's where you get your tape to go back and study, right? Now, even then, that's just a microcosm right now. So what we call run phase in minicamp, when you when you draw out to the wide lens of the entirety of the offseason and training camp and everything else, we're still in walk phase when you look at it from that angle, right? So that's why right now it's not time to panic about any of this stuff. Because if you've got crawl, walk, run, we're barely entering the walk phase. We're really still kind of in the crawl coming into a walk phase uh, and really – to me, you're going to get to the walk phase after your first preseason game. Like you're going to be fully into your walk phase right after your first preseason game, and you get a chance to go out there and test some of these concepts against live defenses, right? So, purpose of crawl is to learn, the purpose to, to gather the what ifs, gather your facts, make your assumptions, and then test them in the walk phase. And right now, that's essentially what we're doing is we're just consistently, you know, Monday or Tuesday, we're crawl, walk, and then we're running at the end of practice for a little bit. Then tomorrow we come back, we're back in the crawl phase. So, you know, eventually this team will get to the point where we're just constantly in the walk phase and then we run for the game and then we break it back down to a walk phase for the buildup. Next game we're running, we're bringing it back down, so on and so forth, right? You never go back to the crawl phase once you get into the regular season. But right now we're very much in an extended kind of crawl into the walk phase. So again, that's kind of, that's kind of the way that I see it. That's kind of the way I've Talk to people around the league from time to time, some coaches, some players here and there, some other media members, more experienced uh, covering the same than I am. That's just kind of the reason uh, that that it, that I take the stance that I do. And what I will tell you, too, is you're not hearing Eric Bieniemy yelling about Sam Howell's decisions. You're hearing him yell about things that, you know what, you should be doing right right now, getting to the line faster, getting set. Let's get everything in place so that we know how to make uh, our, our calls crisp and on time. And those are good things. What you don't want to hear is, Eric Bieniemy saying, "What were you doing? What are you thinking? You can't do that." Like those are just statements you don't want to hear. Eric Bieniemy saying, and he's not saying them right now. So that's can kind of contextualizing a little bit of what's happening on the practice field. So again, if you're worried about the interceptions right now, what I'm telling you is, don't worry about the interceptions. It's all part of the learning process. And so far, again, I haven't seen Sam Howell throw the same interception twice, and that uh, I think is is very very promising. Moving on to our next question in the mailbag. So. Thank you to everybody who's been talking about the interceptions. Uh, it was a group effort, uh, but hopefully 
what I said at least makes sense. Even if you don't agree with it, hopefully you at least understand what I'm talking about. Next question is going to come from Keith, uh, one of the subtexters, probably my most active subtexter. Greatly appreciate you, Keith. Uh, if I was playing, he says, if I was playing with our personnel, how many at each position should I be slotting? And again, this is an answer that has some levels to it, but there's no one answer, right? Like I'm going to give you my answer, but it's not the answer, right? So if you have a different opinion, by all means, feel free to share it because you're going to be just as correct as I am, unless you say that you want 53 active quarterbacks on your roster, in which case, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're wrong. So we're going to start here. I'm going to kind of demonstrate this using what I call the bare bones roster. We're going to build the skeleton of our roster here uh, in real time. So when you look here at the slide up on the screen, if you're on YouTube, and if you're not on YouTube, uh, if you're on audio, then I'll, I'll do my best to kind of just explain what we're talking about here. In the green, we've got the skeleton, right? We've got the skeleton. This is just the, the bare bones of the roster that you have to have. And we've got specialists, we've got offensive players, and we've got defensive players. And you've got three specialists, your kicker, your long snapper, your punter. So Joey Sly, Tressway, Cameron Cheeseman, you have to have them. They're locked in in green because they're not going anywhere minus injury, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Now, offensively, I've got 19 players counted as our bare bones roster. That's two quarterbacks, Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, three running backs, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson. And right now I've got Jonathan Williams in there because I just haven't seen enough from Chris Rodriguez Jr. to have him leapfrog. So I'm putting Jonathan Williams as the third running back. Wide receivers, we've got four. Again, bare bones, empty shelves, right? Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dodson, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown. Tight ends, I've got two. Logan Thomas and John Bates. Tackles, Charles Leno, Andrew Wiley, Cornelius Lucas. Guards, Sam Cosme, Sadiq Charles, Chris Paul. Centers, Nick Gates and Ricky Stromberg. So on offense, you've got 19 players on your bare bones roster. Defense. We've got 16 players. You got defensive tackles, John Allen, Deron Payne, Fedarian Mathis, defensive ends, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, James Smith Williams, linebacker, Jamin Davis, Cody Barton, and Kalik Hudson, uh, who's just having a really good camp, mini camp area. So I kind of put him above the other guys. Cornerbacks, we've got Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, Emmanuel Forbes. I am putting Quan Martin as a corner in this for this exercise, right? He's a DB basically. But you got to slot him somewhere, so I'm putting him as a corner. And then three safeties, Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, Percy Butler. Gives us 16 defenders for a total of 38 players. So really, from where I'm sitting, like if I'm building this commander's roster, I'm starting with those 38 players. Boom. Right off the bat, those 38 guys, they're on our roster no matter what is going to happen. Then I'm going to prioritize adding rookies who are our active roster that are not going to make it to the practice squad, meaning if I waive them, they're going to get picked up. They're not going to make it through in order for me to put them on the practice squad, those are guard Brandon, Brandon Daniels, Braden Daniels, running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., and defensive end K.J. Henry. So two offensive players, one defensive player, three more total players. Now we've got 41, leaving us 12 slots. Now I'm getting into our role players. We can call this the meat of the roster, right? These are our rotational guys, or our role players who are going to play certain packages, or they're our first guy in in case of injury. On offense, I'm looking at tackle Trent Scott. We've already got kind of a swing tackle in Cornelius Lucas, but Trent Scott is another swing tackle, can also play inside if we really need to. Wide receiver, wide receiver Marcus Kemp, that experience with Eric Bieniemy and his system and the height and the size, really valuable tight end, Cole Turner. We're not going in with two tight ends. We're definitely getting at least three, if not a fourth. So we're going to add him there to the offense. On defense, we're going much deeper here. This is where we're going to make up a little bit of ground on the offense. Defensive tackle, John Ridgeway. He's got to be on the active roster. Defensive ends, I've got two here, Casey Tuhill and F.A. Obata. I've got another defense tackle, Anderson Abdullah, because I don't think we paid him to leave Atlanta for nothing. Linebacker, David Mayo for that veteran stability. Cornerback, Danny Johnson. 
and safety Jeremy Reeves, not just for his special teams ability, but also for his defensive ability. That gives us 51 players. So we've got our skeleton, the guys that are just, they have like, no matter what, they're the minimum. They've got to be on the roster. Our rookies that are not going to make it to the practice squad if we waive them. And now we've got our role players that leaves us two spots. And that's where you've got some decisions to make, honestly. So when we get to this part of the roster, right, you've got a lot of options. Dax Milne, do we feel like we have a punt returner in our current stack of, of players? If not, maybe Dax Milne gets one of those last two spots. Linebacker Milo Eifler, five linebackers made the initial 53-man roster last year because of special teams. Now, right now, we've got four, and we've got Chris Rodriguez, who can kind of be like a linebacker on special teams. So maybe we don't need another linebacker, but maybe we don't want to just rely on Chris. So if he's got a rough game out there on special teams, we can throw out a guy like Milo Weifler, so maybe we add another linebacker. Quarterback Jake Fromm, that new emergency quarterback rule, he's got to be that third emergency quarterback, has to be on the active 53-man roster. Now, on your game day roster, you can leave him off, but on your 53-man roster, he's got to be on there. So if we want to take advantage of that emergency quarterback rule change, we've got to have Jake on our active roster. So maybe he gets that spot. If we don't like Dax, maybe Casimir Allen is getting a spot. Mitchell Tinsley is doing some good things. Tariq Castro Fields is a solid gunner from last year. Maybe he's going to make that spot. Rashad Wild Goose is getting some first-team runs here and there. I mean, there's a lot of options, and I'm just scraping the surface on who might get those last two spots. But to me, that's kind of how you want to break down. If you're going to build your own roster, start with your bare bones. Start with the guys that have to be on this roster. Flesh it out from there. Look at the position groups. Man, we can't go just two tight ends. So who's the next guy? And we can't just have four receivers. Who's the next guy? And uh, things like that. So again, Quick roster run through, you know, and it's quick and easy because it's just me. Like I made all those decisions and nobody argued with me. You might be arguing with me in the comment section. That's fine. But for this episode, you're not arguing with me during pre-production. There's no position coaches. There's no coordinators, nothing like that. So it's easy for me to knock that out in a segment. It's a fun exercise to run through. We're certainly going to do it again, probably midway through training camp. And then we'll probably do it again after the final preseason game before cuts. uh, I'm sure. And and I can't wait to watch some of the battles that are going to take place and see some of these questions get answered. And you may be able to watch more of it unfold than ever before, thanks to Hard Knocks potentially coming to the DMV. That is next on our discussion list on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Or said, my question is, what do you think will happen with Hard Knocks? With everything going on with the team and the sale, it seems like a perfect opportunity for HBO and the NFL to stick cameras in there. As of now, there hasn't been a team reported. Just wanted to know your thoughts on that. And as of the time of this recording, there still has not been a team reported uh, by HBO or the NFL to be the Hard Knocks team. But that decision will be coming down relatively soon i mean i'd say in the next you know a couple weeks probably i don't know what day it was released last year but i would anticipate probably in the next couple weeks we're going to know what team and and there's a good chance that the team that's going to have hard knocks in already knows and they're just waiting to make the announcement uh but bottom line is washington is one of four nfl teams that can be forced to do hard knocks and and even though any team can volunteer none has and i don't think any will so the final four teams to be considered 
are the Washington Commanders, also the New York Jets, the Chicago Bears, and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, because they're the only four teams that meet the criteria to be picked instead of volunteering. So in order to meet the criteria to be forced by the NFL, you have to not have a first-year head coach, not have a playoff berth in the last two years, and you have not appeared on Hard Knocks in the last 10 years. So if you have any of those three, if you have a first-year head coach, you have a playoff berth in the last two years, or you've appeared on Hard Knocks in the last 10 years, you cannot be forced by the NFL to participate. The Commanders, Jets, Bears, and Saints do not qualify under any of those stipulations. Therefore, they can be forced onto the program. Now, Eric's first part of his question said, what do I think will happen? What I think will happen is that it's going to be the Jets. Robert Sala, their head coach, he's very personable. He's got a very good personality. They have uh, an offensive coordinator that was run out of Denver in less than one year as a head coach because of Russell Wilson's fall from grace. So they can actually get Russell Wilson into the program if they really want to as well. Not personally, but clips and all that stuff. Uh, and of course, they've got Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, there's also some really strong other, you know, other strong personalities. Sauce Gardner is a strong personality. Garrett Wilson is a young up and coming receiver. And of course, it's New York and, and, and hard knocks. As much as they love showing football, they also love to show personalities and they love to show celebrities and they love to show celebrities because celebrities help them tap into whole new markets of viewers that maybe not may not be watching the show otherwise like last year when they were in Detroit how many non NFL fan Eminem fans turned into at least that episode just because they knew Eminem was going to be on the show probably a good enough amount right so the only thing is there aren't a lot of famous people just climbing over each other to go to Detroit so New York or really New Jersey right but New York is what they're going to say they're going to get some folks I mean Adam Sandler Kevin James Jay-Z since he's not a part owner of the Commanders Chris Rock, they're all reportedly Jets fans, so that you might get any of those guys, or you might get all four of those guys, honestly. There's going to be some star power there. And, of course, the Jets also have a huge fan base, right? We, we can acknowledge that. Uh, but so does Washington. And, look, I agree with Eric. I think even though, honestly, it would be a nightmare if HBO was on ground for training camp, it'd be one nightmare that could really help this franchise. And we've had a lot of nightmares that don't help this franchise, so let's get a nightmare that is going to help the franchise. Let's be honest. And if, if you're a fan of this team, and you're kind of on the fence. You're like, yeah, you know, I could go to training camp. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But you know, HBO is going to be there. You know, Hard Knocks is going to be there. You have the opportunity to see something that you're then going to see on HBO. And you're going to be like, I was there when that happened. Or you could end up on Hard Knocks yourself, potentially. That might push you over the edge, right? That might send you to Ashburn, right? So then there's a chance uh, for them to to really kind of help the commanders in, in, in this mission of cleaning the slate and moving forward. And what I mean by that is, they have a chance here to plaster as many non-Dan Snyder faces on this program as possible. And honestly, if I'm HBO and if I'm the NFL, I don't even talk about Dan Snyder. I don't even mention his name. I don't mention any radio broadcast mentioning his name. You don't have to say it. Just open the show. Just go. Just open the show with this. The Washington Commanders turned a page when they adopted their new name and logo in 2022. Close up of Major Tutty doing something mascotty, right? Now the franchise is turning another page, closing one chapter and starting a new one, one they hope of a little bit of magic. I know it's corny, but boom, you shift over to a scene of NFL Network, and somebody, maybe you need a Rappaport, whoever, announcing the sales approved. Josh Harris is the new owner, along with several minority owners, including Magic Johnson, a couple of clips of Josh and Magic and whoever else talking about how excited they are, and boom, we're on to a season full of Eric Bieniemy and Jack Del Rio mic'd up 24-7, for all of training camp. Who doesn't want to see that? It's must-see TV, uh, if I'm being honest. 
And again, you can acknowledge the sale, the turnover, the change without mentioning, without showing Dan Snyder's face. And that's the way I think you do it if you're the NFL. Plaster as many Josh Harris, as many Magic Johnson, as many Eric Bieniemy, Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin, all their faces. Push the Dan Snyder image as far into the back reaches of memory as you can by putting all of these other faces on the television screen. That's what I think about it. That's what I think they should do. Do I think they will do it? I don't know. Uh, what I do know is they do it. Their crew, the Hard Knocks crew and the cameras, they're going to restrict so much more of what we see as media, where we can stand, do all those things. to be super annoying. I'm going to be super jealous about how much they get to shoot and how much I can't shoot. Uh, but it's going to be good for the team. You know what I mean? And it'll be good for the fans. Uh, and I'm all for both, honestly, even if it annoys me uh, for about a month. So another great mailbag, uh, everybody. I appreciate you, Commanders fans. You bring the bring great questions every single, every single time we do this, every single week. Uh, I've already got more stored away. I've got some secondary starter prediction questions coming. Long-term outlook for Curtis Samuel that I think is very intriguing. I, want, I really want to talk about that question already about the cut-down days. Like We're not even in training camp. But I'm getting questions about cut-down days. I love that. Uh, that 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 foresight already. So we've got plenty stored for the dead period. But if you have questions or comments, just throw them into the YouTube comments, put them on Twitter, email me at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or send them directly to me via subtext for a future mailbag episode. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day, every day, every day. I thank you as always for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. And remember, you can continue the conversation with me over at joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. And if you have anything else you want to discuss, Washington Commanders related, or you want to know, make sure you're also following me at dharrison82. Till we speak again, please be kind, be safe, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.